0: Welcome back to the John Clay Podcast. I'm John Clay, sports columnist with Election Area Leader and Kentucky.com. It is Thursday, January 26th. 2023. First of all, I want to apologize for my voice. I've been battling a head cold all week, uh, but doing better now than I was earlier in the week. You should have heard me then. Uh, But today we're going to talk basketball. We're going to talk the Kentucky-Kansas game Saturday night, 8 o'clock ESPN at Rupp Arena. It's part of the SEC Big 12 Challenge, the final SEC Big 12 Challenge. It goes away after this year. be replaced by the sec acc challenge next season i think that will happen in november instead of uh, the sec big 12 challenge which the last few years has happened at the end of january uh kentucky comes into the game on a four-game winning streak they beat uh, vanderbilt the other night 69 53 in nashville kansas comes into the game on a three-game losing streak uh the fourth time, I believe, that Bill Self at Kansas has lost three in a row. He's never lost four in a row at Kansas. But Kansas lost to three pretty good teams, three, all ranked teams. They lost by one point in overtime to Kansas State, uh, who I think now is like is a top-five team. Then they lost at home to TCU, eighty three sixty. That was the real head-scratcher. And then on Monday night, Kansas lost at Baylor. Uh, and Baylor's ranked as well. I think they were 17th going into that game. Uh, they lost uh, a close game. Uh, Kansas got behind early but came back and made it close at Baylor. So, you know, Kansas is going to want to get back on track, especially beating Kentucky, a Kentucky team that beat them soundly last year in Lawrence in the SEC Big 12 Challenge. Kansas went on to win the national championship. You know, after that, and this is a really good Kansas team. They've just hit kind of a skid here. Kentucky, as we know, is on a turnaround after losing at home to South Carolina. They've run off four straight victories, uh, starting with that win down in Tennessee uh, against the fifth-ranked Vols. That's kind of catapulted bolted them onto this four-game winning streak. Uh, in which they beat Georgia, Texas A&M, and Vanderbilt as well. To help us preview the game, I talked with Gary Bedore, the longtime Kansas basketball beat writer for the Kansas City Star. We talked about the Jayhawks overall as a team and what's gone wrong for them in the skid. And then I also talked with Ben Roberts, my friend and colleague at the Herald Leader, about the Kentucky turnaround and what Ben thinks are the keys to the game uh, on Saturday night. So, without any further ado, let's get right to it. First, you're going to hear Gary Bedore of the Kansas City Star, and then after that, you'll hear Ben Roberts of the Lexington Herald Leader and Kentucky.com. Okay, my guest now on the podcast is Gary Bedore, longtime Kansas beat writer, currently with the Kansas City Star, Five McClatchy paper. How's it going,
1: Gary? Great. Uh, I hope you're doing well. You probably just got back today from a trip.
0: I did. Got back from uh, Nashville where Kentucky beat Vanderbilt last night. Uh, Kentucky and Kansas on Saturday at Rupp Arena. I guess this is the final SEC Big 12 Challenge. Uh, uh, always a great game. Always a fun when Kentucky and Kansas get together. Uh, but Gary, I wanted to first ask you about Kansas. Obviously, the big topic, which Kansas is the current three-game losing streak. Uh, what's going on with Kansas basketball right now?
1: Well, it's so crazy because Kansas finally got the country's total attention a couple weeks ago when they were number two, and some of the national guys were believers that they might repeat as national champs. And um, since then, they've dropped from two to nine, but they've lost three in a row, like you said, and the team is coming to Kentucky. This is no longer just, you know, the two blue bloods. Let's get excited for Kansas. This is desperation time because all of a sudden you lose three in a row in the league. Kentucky, let's face it, they're hot, I think, with four in a row. They could beat KU easily at home. That's four in a row. And then the whole season's on the line Tuesday against Kansas State, the surprise team of the league. If Kansas loses that one, 5 in a row but you know you'd think they'd win that one at home in the revenge game but as far as the team just totally opposite of when they were 16 and 1 they're they're awful right now so <laughs> let's see what happens uh bill is not pushing the panic button so he's preferring to take the the positive approach that the league is so tough but the last 3 games have been pretty Not ugly, all of them, because they only lost by one to K-State. But at home, they got blown out by TCU by 23, reminiscent of last year's Kentucky game. And then they got beat at Baylor by six, but they were down 13 after a few minutes. So it was not a good performance. So the team is on a downhill slope and trying to get better in Rupp Arena, which is... (laughs) a different storyline entering the Kentucky game from around here.
0: So has there been a common theme to these three losses? Has there been one thing that they just have not done well, or is it uh, various things that have, uh, that have various areas where they've struggled in these three games?
1: Well, it's definitely various things because the first loss at K-State, I don't know if you had a chance to watch it, but. No, I didn't get a chance uh,
0: to watch that one. (laughs)
1: Bill Self, you know, I've watched all these coaches. He's in the same league as Larry Brown, as, as you know, the guy around here. He's a great, great in-game coach. And all of a sudden, at the end of the K-State game, the winning basket was a lob uh, by K-State burning KU for a dunk. That's a pretty emphatic play where a lot of fans might say, oh, my gosh, Tang just out, Coach Self. How can you call a lob and have it work? So now K State's up by one. KU's final possession of the game was a turnover. So, uh, but the worst thing about that game, Kansas is on top of the world. They're close to being number one and all that. Well, Bill Self, the poor guy, <laughs> calls a timeout just as Jalen Wilson releases a three that went in and would have called won the game. Wow. Uh, there were still 40 seconds left, but KU would have been up by four. So the play is going nowhere. Kansas up by one. Wilson throws up the bomb way past, you know, the NBA line, but it did go in. So that coupled with the slam dunk makes it a pretty emotional loss, you know, cause, Bill knows that it was a lucky shot by Jalen Wilson, but the guy had scored 38 points. (laughs) So when a guy scores 38, as you know, have seen it a million times, now it's going to be this guy's on fire. And, you know, go ahead and let the play play out. Wilson hits the three. He's got 41 now. He's the story of the country. Kansas stays rolling. But instead terrible shocking loss come home and get blown out by uh, TCU so that was uh that's why this is so strange you know the way that K-State game worked out a lot of people who believe in momentum would say wow that's that's the singular moment that might send this team on a weird skid
0: and obviously the TCU game had to be a weird game for Kansas to lose by 23 on their home court. I know TCU's ranked, and all three of the teams that have beaten Kansas are ranked. But yeah. did, what happened in that TCU game? It, did it just snowball, especially in the second half?
1: Yeah, what happened was uh, both teams came out on fire, and it was 14-13 to 13 TCU. And in the Big 12, TCU's known as the really fast-paced offense. So you're thinking, wow, this might be a shootout. Well, all of a sudden, they're up by 19 in the first half. The KU had a stretch where they were turning it over, and it looked like men against boys. TCU went on an amazing run. <laughs> and now with, uh, I don't know, 10 minutes, 12, eight minutes left in the half, KU is down by 20 at home. So uh, never really made... An amazing run to get back in it. Uh, fans had to just accept one of the rare losses in the field house, but a blowout loss.
0: Wow. Wow. So, okay, well, let's talk about the Kansas, some of the Kansas players. You mentioned Wilson, 38 points against Kansas State. I think he had 30 against TCU. Uh, looks to me like from the outside looking in, he's having an excellent season. Uh, how ha- How is he playing right now? And who are some other guys that Kentucky fans should look for on Saturday?
1: Uh, Wilson's playing really well. Uh, I think he leads the league in scoring at about 21. Uh, you know, he's, I don't know what his three-point percentage is. I should, but it's not amazing, but he's Mr. Clutch. He's the by far the team emotional leader, having a, Gets a lot of rebounds. Just having a, a really good year after deciding to come back. Um, Grady Dick, the freshman wing at six seven six 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 seven, has had a great freshman year. But now all of a sudden he's a little bit streaky from three, and that's not working because they need him to hit four to. Five six threes a game, four, you know, four threes or something. And he's been not in a total slump, but last game he started to drive the ball at Baylor, and Bill liked that, Bill Self liked that. But the threes have been inconsistent lately. But if Kansas is going to win at Kentucky, he's got to hit some threes. Uh, Dewan Harris, the under-recruited point guard who has a national title to his credit, has been in a slump, unfortunately, for KU. He has been so great at the point, you know, steady, rock solid, great defender for a short guy, but he's, he's had his first slump as a Jayhawk. He, he's not scoring at all. I mean, we're talking zero points or zero to three points in this slump per game, so he's... Bill has conceded that he's in a slump. Um, then you got no no big man right now. KJ Adams, 6'7", is the five. Great season so far. Come out of nowhere. Didn't play at all last year except very short minutes. And um, KJ is going to have to try to stop Oscar and... If Oscar gets K.J. in foul trouble right away, which during this slump, K.J. Adams has been getting in foul trouble, that's trouble because Bill Self has not been able to find or settle on a backup big, and Ernest Ude's 6'11", McDonald's All-American, is the hope, but Uh, after playing seven minutes against TCU, he went back to nothing at Baylor. So uh, Zuby, Edge of McDonald's All-American, is not playing much at center also, and Zach Clements has been a non-factor at 6'10". So unless somebody emerges, you got KJ versus Oscar, and common sense would tell you and I don't know what kind of big men Oscar has been going against this year, but he's got to be thinking, Whoa, this is Kansas. And I go, all I got to do is beat this six, seven guy, give me 35 rebounds and let's call it a day.
0: <laughs> yeah. Oscar would take 35 rebounds. Well, he's had, some <laughs> trouble. he's had some trouble against guys, you know, bigger than, bigger than him. Uh, but he doesn't see that many people that are bigger than him. So, uh, yeah, that'll be an interesting matchup. Uh, well then, well, real quick, that you mentioned about the national championship last year. What, what, Gary? What were your expectations for this Kansas team coming into this year? Did you think they had a chance to repeat? I know they're in a slump right now, but they were obviously yeah. playing really well until they hit the skid. What were your expectations for this team?
1: Well, I because Harris is so good last year, and Wilson, and uh, I was. And as great a start they got off to, you know, I bought into the wow this team, this team might have a chance, you know, to do it again. But uh, now that they're in this skid, you just look at them and and wonder when they're going to start playing well enough to even make the tournament. (laughs) I mean, I know they will, and I know Bill is Bill Self is not panicking at all, but. When you look at this Big Twelve and right and Case uh, State coming in Monday and then they have to go to Iowa State the next game where come on that's going to be tough as heck because yeah. Iowa State beat k State last night so my expectations were after watching them early pretty pretty high definitely they're five at, they were five and zero in the league so you're thinking oh, it's going to be one of these years where they only drop a couple games and they get the number one seed and they get to play in Kansas City in the Sweet 16 and the Elite Eight if they had one of those special years. Now, if this is the real Kansas, uh, you're going, oh, forget about Kansas City for a Sweet 16 Elite Eight round. They're going to be just like everybody else normally is, shipped out far away, so... uh Incredibly confusing right now. And you would think, with Kentucky winning four in a row, smart basketball brains would probably say, Yikes, this could be another blowout Kentucky win. But I guess if Kansas, you know, keeps the faith and Bill pumps him up and says, Look, guys, we're still ninth in the country. We're still. Look at how good we played earlier. Maybe they'll turn it around, but it would be nice. Bill even said you can't get well with this type of schedule, so it'd be nice if they could play some awful team and get some confidence. But instead, they're going to try to beat Kentucky at Rupp.
0: <laughs> so, what would they have
1: to do to beat Kentucky? You think? Well, is you know, I'm I don't vote in the poll, but I'm I'm kind of shocked they only have three votes. Uh, are they good again? Is Kentucky good again? I mean, I keep thinking they're pretty good. I look at the things they can do. Yeah. Is Kentucky a good team right now?
0: Right, yeah. Well, I mean, they're obviously playing better uh, starting with the win again. You know, they they had their kind of rock bottom moment, losing to South Carolina at home. But then yeah. they turned it around with the big win at Tennessee. And they got a lot of confidence from that win. Yeah. They've played much better since then. Yes. Well,
1: to win KU uh is gonna have to hit eight to ten threes, which they've done. And Oscar has to have numbers like he had last night. Good, if I read the boxcar right, good but not right out of this humanity. Right. Uh, and <laughs> usually KU gets burned by a guy on the other team that has a lot of talent and maybe hasn't had a great year, and I know Kentucky still has a lot of portal guys, right? And one of those guys could go nuts yeah. uh, conceivably, or or transfer guys, I don't know how you want to word it, but right. <laughs> uh, don't they have four or five of them? Yeah, well, so, they got
0: they got Antonio Reeves, who transferred yeah. from Illinois State. He's played really well of late. He's, got, he's averaging 17 points a game over his last four games. And C.J. Yeah. Frederick, who transferred in last year from Iowa, was yeah. hurt all year and didn't play. And he was hurt a little bit early on in this season. He's finally healthy. He's giving him a big lift. He's a good outside shooter, plus uh, he, he's, a, he's a leader. He's an older guy who's played a lot of college games. That's helped as well
1: yep and those guys are 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 strong candidates you know to to be pests to k u um right. because uh guys have come off the bench during this losing streak and and burned the jayhawks so uh I'm pretty sure the all time series is six games now between the two teams, so Kansas leads Kentucky by six yeah. in the all time list so uh, I'm sure Bill will just be trying to get him pumped up about that. And right. it's a special game. And uh, you guys aren't playing that bad anyway. He'll say to the team, and let's go and see what happens. So right. I will say, Bill is not confident in his bench at all. Uh, if he does play the bench a lot against Kentucky, that'll be something different. Uh, yep. Seven guys, eight guys. But it's. It's been interesting. Yeah.
0: Well, Kentucky's pretty much near their bench as well. Cal Perry, he, he's been playing about seven or eight guys as well. Ah. So, it, well, it's always an interesting, always great, great rivalry, Kentucky and Kansas, when they get together. Uh, like you said, it's an eight o'clock game on ESPN on Saturday night. Gary, remind the listeners how they can follow you on Twitter and how they can check out your work online leading up to, during, and after the game.
1: Yeah. Thanks. Just that. Uh, at kansas com for the internet stories and just my regular name on Twitter. So, uh, that stuff will show up there. So, uh, it's always interesting to look at the past matchups and, uh, and with this series ending the big 12 sec, uh, I guess the two teams will start playing only in the, uh, champions, champions classic.
0: classic. Yeah, probably so. Which, uh, I hate to see that, but that looks like where we're headed. (laughs) Yeah. That's for sure. That's for sure. Well, Gary, always great to talk to you. Always great to have you on the podcast, and I really look forward to seeing you on Saturday night.
1: Well, thank you very much, and we'll see you then as long as the plane makes it. So thank you very much.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, Gary. Appreciate it. Okay, my thanks to Gary Bedore of the Kansas City Star. Be sure and check out his work at kansascity.com. First, before we get to Ben Roberts, a couple of reminders. You can follow me on Twitter at John Clay IV. You can get a digital subscription to Kentucky.com or a print subscription to the Lexington Herald Leader by going to Kentucky.com. Hit on the subscriptions tab. Check out all the offers to subscriptions to both the digital edition and the print edition. We appreciate everybody who supports our work at Kentucky.com and the Lexington Herald Leader. Uh, We really appreciate everybody who supports this podcast. Leave us a rating and review on wherever you find your podcasts, Apple Podcasts stitcher tuned in google podcasts iHeart radio podcast or spotify that just helps gets the word out about the podcast helps people discover the podcast okay after the break you'll hear from ben roberts of the herald leader and kentucky.com on the wildcats okay i want to welcome into the podcast ben roberts covers uk basketball for the herald leader at kentucky.com how's it going ben Good, John. How are you? I'm good. Have you uh, recovered from that 9 o'clock start? Although that was a quick game at Vandy. Uh, We were both down in Nashville sitting up in the crow's nest high above the floor at Memorial Gym. Have you recovered from that 9 o'clock start?
2: Yeah, I think uh, the the last the previous week's 9 o'clock start knocked me out for a couple, got me off schedule for a couple of days. But yeah, I think that one was over by like ten forty five or something. So it was one of the fastest games I can remember. Yeah.
0: Yeah. You know, I think slipping the money, uh, slipping the ref's money before the game, like I did for a short game. Worked oh, out pretty oh, you, well. So
2: You should do that before every uh, late night game. Uh,
0: apparently I should. Apparently I shouldn't. We got a lot of late night games coming up, but we got Kentucky, Kansas on Saturday, uh, Obviously a big game, but first let's talk about Kentucky. They're on a four-game winning streak, obviously uh, in a much different place now than they were after that South Carolina loss. So, Ben, explain to us how did John Calipari and Kentucky turn it around? We want to know. You're the man. How did they turn this thing around?
2: Well, I think uh, a lot of the credit sounds like it belongs to the the players. And, you know, you mentioned the South Carolina loss, and really everybody you talked to, uh, in The last couple weeks since that loss has talked about, you know, that kind of being the final you know, punch in the mouth, I guess, that they needed to, to kind of sit down and rally around each other and, and hash some stuff out and, and figure out how things were going to be better moving forward. Um, and, you know, there we've written and talked about the the internal team meeting, players only meeting, whatever you want to call it, that came out of that South Carolina loss. Uh, you, you've seen guys, I think it's clear, um, play more connected, uh, be, you know, communicate better on the court, uh, just seem like they're more of a unit as opposed to, to, to five individuals out there playing. And that started with the Tennessee game and, and it's continued since then. I thought Tuesday night at Vanderbilt was probably the best, um, I guess, example of team basketball that, that they've shown the entire season. Uh, so, I, so that's obviously, uh, you know, a positive step forward for that team. if they can continue to, to kind of play with that connectivity and, and, uh, you know, be, be one unit instead of five guys, uh, which I thought they did a great job of Tuesday night. I, I think you're, you know, getting back to, to what people thought this team could be. And then maybe living up to some of those preseason expectations. Uh, you know, uh, Obviously, some some tougher opponents coming up, and a a long way to get down that road. But I, I think Saturday night will will really show us how far they've come, and and you know, I, I guess how far they can go, and and what their upside really is. I know you weren't
0: in the meeting. You weren't in the meeting. were you?
2: <laughs> I, I was not. I was not invited to that one. <laughs> uh,
0: what do you think happened at this meeting? I mean, where guys did was like did they air grievances. Was this a? Festivus airing of the grievances. <laughs> I got a lot of problem with you people, or the uh, guys get things off their chest, or did uh, one or two people lead the meeting? From I mean, we've asked the players about it. They've said some things, but of course, they're not going to tell us everything. Well, what do you think happened in that meeting?
2: Yeah, exactly. I, you know, I've I've been a little surprised. Like you said, they're not going to tell us a whole lot about it, and I, I think that's probably a positive sign within the team too that that they're keeping that within the team. Um, but. Two, I have been a little surprised, or not surprised, but it's been telling that guys have said that they're wearing of grievances, that that people needed to get some stuff off their chest. People needed to acknowledge uh, the shortcomings of their own, uh, which it sounds like people got up in front of the crowd and, and did that. So, yeah, it sounded like just a bunch of guys in there who knew that things could not continue the way that they were, that they were going or or else they they were going to be a team that wasn't going to be playing in the NCAA tournament that for everybody to be lifted up, they, they needed to lift everybody else up uh, and, and and kind of look more at at the team as opposed to, to how each individual was doing within the team. Um, And it sounded like there was a lot of Frank talk that, that, um, you know, there there were some guys saying some hard things and, and some guys, it sounds like being called out on some stuff. Um, and, and you know, they they did that and they, they got that off their chest in that room and then they went back out. And I think it's fair to say anybody who's watched them since then is, has seen a much different basketball team. Um, and, and it's not, you know, they've beaten some good teams. Tennessee, obviously, to go down and win that game on the road was a stunner. But Georgia and Texas A and M, you know, I don't—they're not tournament teams, but but they could be playing in the postseason somewhere. Um, they're, they're quality opponents, uh, and and they're going to get another one Saturday night, and I think that's going to be, you know, that'll tell us more. If I, I'm not going to say the Tennessee game was a fluke, but it'll tell us more how how much we should weigh that Tennessee win, or how much that might be an anomaly if they go out there and beat Kansas, even though it's at Rup and Kansas on a three-game losing streak, that's a huge, huge win, uh, and I think restores a lot of that preseason confidence that people had in this team.
0: Well, uh, I'm, I'm going to have to take issue with you, and I think Buzz Williams would take issue with you. I think Texas and m will end up being a tournament team. Uh, I know they had some bad losses in the preseason or pre-conference season, but what you know they beat Auburn last night at Auburn, so that makes Kentucky's win look over Texas a and look even better. Um, I think they've got the potential to be a uh, NCAA tournament team. Um. So I'll pass along to Buzz that you said that they were not.
2: Well, expert. yeah. Please don't, because there is going to be like an eight minute rant on uh, <laughs> some some point somewhere about me and how I did how I said they weren't a tournament team, but yeah. And if this does get to Buzz, tell him that I do. Yes, absolutely think that they're capable of being that. I just okay. don't think right if now. the bracket came out today that they would be. Although that was a that was a huge huge win they got they got last night down there in Auburn to. to beat them and beat them pretty, you know, pretty soundly. So yeah, they they've they've certainly got the they've got uh they've got the potential to to be there at the end of the season and, and if they're not I'm sure Buzz will let us hear about it.
0: That's right. Well my connection to Buzz is at the SEC tournament last year, Buzz in one of the press conferences uh says that he I read John Clay <laughs> every day, uh but I think he got confused. He meant to say Jerry Tipton. He read Jerry Tipton every uh-huh. day. I ha I have feel confident he has no idea who I am. <laughs> But uh, anyway, okay, enough about Buzz. Okay, let's switch to Saturday, uh, 8 o'clock, Kentucky-Kansas, the final edition of the SEC Big 12 Challenge, and it goes out the way it should go out with Kentucky and Kansas playing each other. Kansas has lost three three in a row, but they lost to three-ranked teams, but they got yeah. blown out at home by TCU. Uh, they played at Baylor the other night, played, got down big in the first half, came back, made a respectable game. What the uh, – what are you looking for in this matchup on saturday
2: yeah i mean it's obviously going to be a team who doesn't want to lose four in a row for the first time ever under under bill self and and a team that you know i i think this kansas team i would have i would have said a week ago that if i had to pick anybody to win the ncaa tournament and you were giving me one team i would pick kansas just because i think they're really well constructed for a march run and i'd probably still say that despite this three game losing streak because as you said that's I mean not only ranked I mean I think I think realistically those are three top 15 teams that that uh, they lost to in those three games that the TCU went at home losing by that you know that much 20 22 points whatever it was uh, that that was a little striking I know they really didn't shoot the ball very well that night. Um, but you know, the other two losing at Baylor and then losing by one to, to Kansas state, which is a, you know, possibly a top five team at this point. Uh, no, no shame in any of that. Um, but you know, this, this Kansas roster, it, it all starts with Jalen Wilson. Uh, we knew he was going to be a really good player coming in the season. I think he's exceeded those expectations and, and really while they have a lot of good players and a lot of different ways to beat you, the, the game kind of flows through him. Uh, he takes a lot of shots. He makes a lot of shots. He's not your typical, you know, 6'8", 225 pound guy. He, he, he goes out there on the perimeter. I think he actually leads them in three-point attempts this season and, and is very capable of making those. So he's a guy who can stretch the floor and kind of kind of play all over the place. And, and they're a team that that can really, you know, kind of discombobulate you uh, defensively and, and make you do a lot of different things. They can go four out, five out. Um uh, depending on on how they want to how they want to do things so I think figuring out a way to you're probably not going to stop him, but figuring out a way to to contain him uh, is going to be high on the list and then Grady Dicks, another player for people who haven't been able to see him play um, you know possible lottery pick uh, I would say likely lottery pick at, at this point uh, if not a team's going to get a steal on him I think in the NBA draft but you know, he, he's a guy who just, I feel like keeps getting better. Um, and one of those type of players who, when you get to March Madness, uh, it could be one of those just stories of the tournament. Uh, one of those guys who just kind of catches fire at the end and, and scores a ton and, and turns in a bunch of highlights for a, for a deep tournament run. So he, he's a guy who can really go off at, at any uh, moment and beat you as, as Duke saw, you know, early in the season, of that champions classic, he was having a a so-so mediocre game, and then he he ran off like seven points in a row in crunch time to to really kind of pull Kansas over the hump there. So, yeah, they, Kevin McCullough defensively, uh, Dewan Harris is a guy who's been around. They've got a lot of guys who who can who can beat you a lot of different ways, and and it's you know people might see that three-game losing streak and think they're they're down or something. They they are not down. This is a team that if they're on can beat any team in the country by double digits, uh, you know, any, any night. I would say
0: how is uh, with from your recruiting uh background what was how was wilson regarded coming out of uh, when he got to kansas
2: you know i i don't really remember uh covering I mean, he wasn't like a really highly regarded guy was he uh, no he was you know he wasn't like uh like a you know a, a top 20 guy I- anything like that i know he uh you know he he kind of came in as a lot of people at Kansas do uh, kind of playing that role player role. And then last year, uh, you know, well-regarded, but, uh, you know, people saw him as, as kind of a breakout guy coming into the season. Uh, I remember I did uh, like Oscar Sheepways like the, the 10, uh, you, you know, guys who could possibly challenge him for player of the year. And I think he was 11. I think he was the, the last one, definitely the last one or two, him and Mike Miles, maybe. Who didn't make my list, but we're right there on the on the cusp of it. Uh, but he exceeded those expectations. Twenty four seven Sports had him as the number forty six player coming out of high school in twenty nineteen. So you know, right there where you're getting a lot of looks from from the Kansases, North Carolinas, those type of schools. Uh, but not you know, not in that McDonald's All American range or or, or five star range.
0: Another Texas guy.
2: Another guy. Out yeah. Of Texas. <laughs> Yeah, that that's the yeah, the uh <laughs> that's the spot for, for recruiting, uh, especially the last five years or so. Yeah. A ton of ton of really good players.
0: Okay, so uh, Ben, what's the key for Kentucky or what are the keys, you think? I I was on Tom Leach, uh, we're recording this on Thursday morning. I was on Tom Leach earlier this morning. He mentioned as you just did about Kansas playing a lot of five out and Oscar's had his trouble guarding out on the floor. Yeah. Although I think he's gotten better, a little better at that. Uh, is that going to be a key? And if not, what are, what are some other
2: keys? Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how they play that. Whether, you know, you go with, with somebody like Jacob Toppin on on Jalen Wilson, um, you know, to because you know he's going to, whoever, whoever Oscar's matched up with, you know they're going to try to get him away from the basket, get him having to move in space. And that's been a problem. And I, I think he's very good with the quick hands and kind of the, the hand-eye coordination and, and even kind of reading where some passes might go or where some guys might go. But when you get him out there and he has to move laterally, um, especially if you get him switched onto a guard or just kind of confuse a lot of switch in general, that's led to a lot of problems for Kentucky in the past. Uh, you know, he he didn't come out and say it, but the way he kind of described the way he was playing on that knee early in the season would lend itself to you thinking that, that you know, that lateral movement is possibly a problem stemming from still trying to get back mentally from from the knee surgery, and that would make a lot of sense. So, you know, he says he's back. He's feeling better from that. So if that's the case, maybe he can do a little bit better out there in space. But I would imagine Kansas trying to attack him there. He's got to lock that down as best he can. And then, you know, offensively for Kentucky, it's, it's getting those open shots and hitting those open shots. You know, I thought Cal, you know, was right when he said – that's that's what they look like when they hit open shots what 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 they did uh what they did tuesday night um and they have been getting those shots and and that's been kind of surprising in these some of these past games as you know people have been harping on the the offense and the half court offense specifically and there's certainly stuff to complain about in that sense but a lot of these games they have gotten open shots and especially open threes with the guys they want to take them and and for whatever reason they haven't been able to hit them so uh you know this is a team that that has shown they can get those shots and and we'll see if they can get them against Kansas but but if they can actually start to to knock down those with some regularity um that's going to be a, a huge plus for them moving forward yeah no i, I agree I agree with those.
0: How big do you think is is rebounding going to be in this game? Because I think Kentucky has done a really good job of keeping other teams off the offensive glass. This is not the biggest Kansas team that uh Bill self has had. you know was, he got caught the other night on on camera complaining to his assistants about Baylor uh, about Baylor. They're so much bigger than us. some people thought he said better, but I think he said bigger. Yeah. Uh, to me, it looks like rebounding is going to be a key in this game. Would you agree with that?
2: Yeah, I would. And and they, they've they been pretty decent uh, defensive rebounding. Um, but Kentucky, obviously, with their offensive rebounding and, and Oscar, you know, I was just so good in, in that regard. Uh, I think that's going to be something to watch is how many of those second chance opportunities Kentucky can get. And Jacob Toppin's going to be a, you know, going to be a big deal with that. I
0: you have
2: yeah, seen double him double the other night, which uh, yeah, double, double, uh, you know, the Georgia game. I thought that uh, Tennessee game obviously did well, but I thought that Georgia game is really kind of where he turned the corner as far as just being so much more physical as a rebounder and, and just getting in there and mixing it up and sometimes mixing it up with Oscar uh, for some of those rebound attempts. Uh, hadn't really seen him do that with, with much consistency in the past. And he's talked about that being a real focal point moving forward for him. So I think if if he gets out there and he's assertive like that, that's a big deal. And they need him to do that, which Kyle has said in the past, to have that three-guard lineup out there and to have the luxury of being able to play C.J. Frederick and Antonio Reeves for extended minutes um, together you got to have Jacob Toppin rebounding the basketball or else we've seen Cal's going to put uh, Chris Livingston in there at the three, which Chris obviously brings a lot of good things to the court. But uh, if you have him at the three, you, you don't have Antonio and CJ out there. And, and that obviously gives Kentucky a, a lot better look, I think, especially on the offensive end. So, yeah, rebounding is going to be a big deal for this team moving forward. And, and Jacob's going to be a, a big part of that the the rest of the season. Yeah, looking here at
0: Kansas on Kempom, they're 109th in offensive rebound percentage, but they're 201st in uh, defensive rebounding percentage. So oh, I wow. think uh, considering that Kentucky, the last time, let me look here, they were number one. At, they're not, Well, they dropped back to number two in offensive rebounding percentage, but I think they got to take, uh, take advantage of that on Saturday. I can't wait for Saturday. I think it's going to be a really fun game, obviously, rep gets jacked up when a big opponent comes and you got kentucky kansas top two wins and all that stuff uh on saturday as well ben it's plug Tom. what uh what should the readers are our, our loyal listeners what should they be looking for this week that you've done or what you've got planned coming up on kentucky.com
2: um yeah well we have a story today about uh Obviously, Kansas, the the defending national champion, and you know, I was curious just how many defending national champions have played in Rupp Arena. There are actually more than I thought. Uh, Kansas will be the seventh such team to come in here. So we kind of looked back and chronicled what had happened in those previous six games, uh, which included you know, a Bobby Knight ejection, uh, a Patino versus Calipari matchup, uh, a, a Big John Wall game. So. Um, a lot, a lot of, uh, interesting games have, have kind of happened and they actually only played one defending national champion ever in, in Memorial Coliseum, uh, which I also thought was interesting yeah. that there have been six in Rupp and wow. only one in Memorial. And, you know, those buildings in the, in the national title era were, have been around pretty similar amount of years. Uh, so, and a lot of those six games happened over a, just a few, I think there were four in five years, uh. not not too long ago yeah so so that was kind of it's always fun to go back and kind of look at the some of some of the stuff from uh you know you know the past and how it applies to right now but and then um you know we'll have some obviously Kentucky and Kansas battling it out for most wins ever we got a little short post on that and and uh something on Grady Dick coming uh, I think tomorrow he's really going to be uh, I'm sure Kentucky fans won't probably won't much like watching him play Saturday night, but he is a a really fun player to watch and a guy who's going to be playing basketball for for a long, long time. I'm sure. So, and then we'll have you know we'll we'll hear from self and and I guess Cal uh, tentatively is is scheduled to to speak tomorrow. We'll we'll see if if he holds to that, but I'm sure he'll give us lots of recollections about his time spent in Lawrence and. Uh, meeting Allen and, and all like he usually does when, when they play against Kansas. But,
0: yeah, he slept uh, on a mattress at Lawrenceville. Yeah, I got may, a mattress maybe. from Lawrenceville. That's when they were making a TV movie there. <laughs> I don't know if you've heard that story before.
2: I, I, but at, least, at least once or three or four times. But, but okay. yeah, maybe he'll say something about the game, too, yeah, well, uh, if if, if and when he talks tomorrow. <laughs>
0: yeah, against his will, he'll say
2: something yeah. about
0: so, anyway, no, okay, so it uh, it should be a great game on Saturday. Uh, ben, have, he has pl- he's had plenty of coverage all week, uh, he had plenty of coverage leading up to and after the game as well. Be sure and follow Ben on Twitter at BenRobertsHL. Look for our live uh, updates on my sidelines blog. Ben will be a part of that with the Twitter feed as well. Uh, I think that just about covers it. Just be sure and read Ben on Kentucky.com. Ben, thanks as always for being on the
2: podcast. Yep, thanks a lot, John.
0: Okay, that'll do it for this edition of the John Clay podcast. My thanks to Gary Bedore of the Kansas City Star and Ben Roberts of the Lexington Herald Leader. Be sure and look for our live updates on my sidelines blog at Kentucky.com on Saturday night. I'll have my three takeaways after the game. Uh, we'll have plenty of tweets during the game. Follow Mark Story at Mark C Story on Twitter and Cam Drummond at C Drummond ninety seven on Twitter. You'll have they'll be tweeting during the game as well. Remember, 8 o'clock start Saturday night on ESPN Kentucky and Kansas. It should be a blast. We look forward to talking to you again. Thanks again for listening to the John Clay Podcast.